Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Yeah. I'm like, what are they gonna do? <laughs> well, you're only like, uh, the drive was only like 20 minutes from where I'm at right now. Oh, for real? So, yeah. You must be out in like Rockland. Um, well, I'm in Arnold. Oh, okay. So, oh, so like, yeah. similar, but like yeah. in a different direct, yeah. Shoot yeah. hey, right hey. down, Richie. Okay. So, okay. you know. Now that things are opening back up, I was just telling him, uh, my man Vince. You remember Vince? I remember Vince. Yeah. Vince and me was uh, kicking it last night. And we went. On a mission to go get some cookies from Insomnia Cookies. Oh, oh God! Yeah, 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 they're the yeah. best. And I was telling him I'm on a 40-day drink cleanse right now, right? Like I'm not drinking any alcohol, any soda. I'm trying to get this body right, yes. body by Doc <laughs> in the building. <laughs> you know, no, but uh, you remember in high school and shit. I was pretty skinny. I was maybe pushing like a buck twenty-five. Yeah, I'm like 175 now. You also had oversized yeah. white tees. But that's another story. <laughs> I mean, but even now, I would look better at an oversized white tee. Like, I looked that's at fair. a picture of myself from, God, had to be like 2012, 2013. And I was 10 pounds less than what I am now. But I look way better now <laughs> than what I did. I gotcha, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I, I often go back to, like, high school photos Yo, back and yeah. forth, especially for I can't tell you how many stuff. times I look at them improv photos that are like in my Facebook way back machines. Yes, absolutely. You know, they're like some of my first Facebook pictures, son. Yes. I remember my first Facebook profile picture from 2008. <laughs> and it was like me like leaning against the garage door Yo. and like with the hood up and I'm like, wow, Yo. that's so like 14 year old. No, son, I can match you, son. I had the fucking God, this was when like so we went from the tiny from the big baggy white tees to the tiny white tees. <laughs> oh yeah, yo! But she was still rocking like baggy pants, and this was when belt buckles was a thing. So I had this big, his oh, fucking uh, Rolling Stones like red lips belt <laughs> buckles, yo. Oh my God! It was yo. It was terrible. I I should delete that motherfucker now that I bring it up. I think I think mine was I think I was in some classroom in high school, and I had like one of our improv shirts on. I was like Skeletor thin back then, and I had so like, about as thin as I am still. Yeah, I think I Jesus think I might have like I had like the, the wrists. I'm like, at my high school weight. Really? Yep. Oh man! All right, listen I had to here, get, Regina George. I had to get back up. Gotcha, high gotcha. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. This man, I'm at my high school. Wait. Well, I needed to gain weight, so I needed to rise <laughs> up, you cheeky bastard. And crash through. Snuck that one in there. Oh, wait, we're recording now? Right yes, now. Oh, we've been recording. Okay. The this is Doc and Ziggy with the flood. And keep your death threats to 140 characters or less. I don't want no thread when I get like log on. Like keep that shit short. I we've said it before. We'll say it again. You want me dead? I understand it. But like right now, not the time for me to read a whole diatribe, my nigga. I got things to do. <laughs> like, he wrote a manifesto. <laughs> listen here, fucking Joker. <laughs> I ain't got time for that bullshit. Anyway, we have a guest joining us today. I haven't actually come up with a good nickname for you. Okay. I think I, I think I can. We'll go with the one that I came up with off the, like, 
I don't, it might be a little cringe, but whatever. Oh. We have Ooh, Ben Bellamy be? here. Ben, ben, ben Bellamy. <laughs> Amazing. Wait, but what about Briscoe Inferno, though, <gasps> son? You remember that? I do that remember that. Let him yes. rock. Like, yeah, I told you, that shit was fire then. <laughs> that should still be <laughs> the head. That's like, I think that's still my PlayStation screen name, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of, yeah. Dez asks me about this shit all the time because he stayed going through, like, my uh, friends and stuff on there when yeah. he logs on. He's like, who's Briscoe Inferno? <laughs> I should have told him that I'm like, yo, Briscoe Inferno's coming over today. <laughs> All right, Briscoe yes, Inferno is. is. Oh my god, oh my god. Briscoe Inferno. I'm back <laughs> in high school. This is amazing. <laughs> this is the most no. confident I've felt in so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. No, I'm glad you feel confident because yeah. I'm like, back in high school, I don't know what the fuck what? I had. It was more like arrogance than. Confidence. I disagree, sir. Yeah, now I'm. You were the, you were my my. You Christian were definitely God one of the cool friend. kids, Doc. Yeah. yeah. You were definitely one of the cool kids. Absolutely. That's terrible. I'm a terrible role model. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> I'm a much you, better person now. You were definitely the kid that like literally everyone got along with. Oh yeah. My my the only reason that was true is because I was like, um, you know those bugs that kind of like skate on the water a oh, little bit. That's a lie. That I was just that's like skate on this the man was like... was like every girl's secret crush. They were like, oh Ben, what? Yeah, but look at me now. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, that's. Hmm. Anyway, Briscoe Inferno. As we have with every guest on here, we gotta know. Everybody has those hills that they're gonna die on. Oh, no. A belief from which they cannot be moved. Oh, no. And we have to know if it floats. So, Briscoe Inferno, oh, what God. is your island? Yeah, okay, so I have been thinking about this. I had I had a couple that I was gonna bring. Okay. And they were all kind of like in like the, the nerd pop culture thing. And I thought, I mean, that's not as long as they're not food related. They're, mm? So I went a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was where this train of thought went. It is toilet related. Oh, oh. I know. <laughs> Bear with me. So not food related. Okay. Anyway. I mean, food adjacent. <laughs> like, like I said. We, you, all right. You're, you're you're talking to somebody who's writing a legitimate college paper on sure. chicken nuggets. So oh, you know what? Like, br bring it. Sure, bring sure, it. Sure, sure, bring sure. it. The man so, I chose for my co-host. <laughs> Um, so I, uh, in most of my life, I've lived with uh, people of the of the female variety, mm -hmm. and I think that I don't know if you guys have experienced this before, but like that that argument of when you're done using the restroom, where do you leave the seat? The seat right? Yes. I know this is like a, this is old stuff. No, no, but seat. I mean, let's get into it. Look, yeah. if... my my island. This is I used to feel a different way. My island now is that the only acceptable end result of where you put the toilet seat is completely closed. Mm. You have to completely close mm. the toilet. Okay. It's not, I don't agree with the, oh, you have to put the seat down thing, because it's for the wrong reason. That's an <laughs> argument I've been in before. You have, to, you have to close it up. If you're cooking something in a stove, and you're like, I'm done with the stove, and then you leave the stove open even a little bit, that's not cool. Someone else is coming through there. Right, through. right. No, okay, so I f what you're saying is objectively, mm -hmm. the only right answer mm -hmm. here is the answer that meets the actual functionality of the toilet. Absolutely. Like, you wouldn't just, like, leave a tool on, you know, you don't leave the stove, you don't, you know, go in the refrigerator and leave that motherfucker open. Yeah, so I'm kind of just seeing this more as a... 
It's not worth fighting for. Fighting it's over. Not, it's not. I've lost no relationships this. over this. Yo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Battle lines were drawn in the sand. Jesus. Because my argument had always been like, well, if you want me to adjust it for you when you come in, you should do the same. You should be lifting mm. it up for me. Mm. Well, you so, don't want her me so, doing you. No. Then that's, so then that's the thing. whole argument is. If I have to leave the seat down for you, then on the way out, you should lift it up for me just out yes. of courtesy. Like, it's a, this is a, what do they call it? We're going Dutch here. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I have been, I have never been to war, but it feels like I have because of this argument. And I think, <laughs> I say, say that with all the confidence in the world. I feel like my, my, my neutral ground, the, the resolution in this, in this war is okay. to just close up the toilet when you're done. That's what I'll die on. Nah, I figured that, yo, I'm with you. I feel like that's the nuclear argument, that's right? Absolutely. Like, that's the Mutu nuclear argument. Mutually assured <laughs> decadence? I don't know what you'd say <laughs> Look, to the toilet. All right, well, here's the real it's deal, right? It's just not right? worth it. It's uh, just not worth down, fighting over. Closed. Closed. Uh, closed. <laughs> absolutely. Paper. Scissors. That's right. You know, it's scissors. There's always a scissors option, of <laughs> yeah, course. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. I don't know about you, Zig, but I feel like that. Also, you can just aim. I feel like that's too. <laughs> we, we okay, all of but, us in this right. room know that's not always an option. option. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, now we're getting ready to have a real man discussion for all of our younger fans. As you get older, the streams don't stay the same. You know how there's different options on a hose nozzle and you get like... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's like that, but you don't get a choice in the exactly. There's no thing to adjust. One day you wake up in your own shower setting for the rest of your life. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just imagining fucking kite in Hunter x Hunter. Hope you get something good! Damn, bad roll. Jesus Christ. At least you didn't feel it in your bladder. No. <laughs> Uh, you know what you Great do thing feel about in your bladder? Is, all of those things that I'm thinking, I'm like, you really shouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. I just say it anyway. Yeah, and sometimes it. it works. And uh, you know what? It makes for a better pod. And sometimes yeah. I just edit it out because I'm like, oh, that's yes. really, really fucked up. Yeah. yeah. This is this is the raw clay, and you have to like chisel it away. So shit. the statue. Yeah. yeah. And you gotta get your uh, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> anyway, for the sake of just avoiding all arguments, I'm gonna say that that floats. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say that one floats. Okay. I mean, logically, like, <laughs> right? Like at that point, if it's coming to so, losing a relationship yeah, think, or taking a literal second, yeah, to I close think, the toilet. I think the real question here is, and I think all of our female fans are, you know, probably wondering this as well. Does that technically mean they're correct though? Hmm. It's yes and no. <laughs> My question is, does it matter? But it does. It See, does now you're starting. People. You cannot say that. You cannot say that as someone who is in a like eleven year relationship, <laughs> sir. You cannot come to an argument with, does it matter? <laughs> it's. I think. I think it, it. There's correctness to it, but like I said, for the wrong reason. <laughs> There's, they, they, it's not they, your right. No, it's, it's, <laughs> and people say this is a patriarchy. <laughs> no, it's just listen. It's it's all any relationship, right? It's they they they're coming to you. They're like, hey, I need you to be considerate of this. Yes. But the argument back is like, well, why? This is a two-way street of consideration. Mm. So let's both be considerate and just close it up when we're done. Yep.
I mean, that's the natural function of the toilet so. anyway, right? I don't, so. I don't think it's, you know, it's not hygienic to leave it right open. Right. There's germs and things and feces particles. Yeah. And, you know, somehow those end up everywhere. When you Have you ever watched one of those shows where they analyze the contents of, like, someone's pockets and shit like that? And they're like, I, and there's, like, 19% shit particles in here. Whoa. And you're like, how did that end up in my pocket? Like, <laughs> I feel like most of my life has been avoiding factoids about percentages of shit particles. Yo, every so. time you watch like a CIA show, mine was CIA until CIA now, and I didn't yo. know. I'm trying. Yo, you ain't ever watched like one of those shows where they like just scrub people's houses or put like yeah. black lights on things like that, oh, and they're God. like, look at, and then we analyze the like nope. matter that nope. we found nope. on the desk, nope. and there was 12 nope. percent nope. feces particles, and you like, how to get feces on a desk? I remember seeing, I can't remember what show it was, but they like brought a black light into a hotel room and they were like, it's either blood, urine, or semen. And we really hope it's urine. <laughs> the holy three, as they say. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Well, we, you know, we brought you here for a reason today, Ben. Mm. You seem like a funny guy. <laughs> Thank you. And I had, uh, you know, I've been listening to another pod that uh, I listened to, the Daily Zeitgeist, and they... Fuck TDZ. As we say. <laughs> you know, hopefully garner We love that pod, but it's just, yeah. we're trying to get some attention. Sure. It's probably not a great way to get attention. <laughs> but... I mean, we tried shamelessly giving away money. I missed that. When did that happen? <laughs> we actually made a, like, it was on Twitter, and we just made a picture that says, shameless cash app giveaway. Yeah. It was very awesome. blatant. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just anti-marketing. I mean, yeah. Hulu has the, the Dave Lillard, like, Hulu has live sports. Mm. It's, That's true. it's actually Hulu doesn't just have live sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like the opposite of what Yo. you just said. Yo. There's also like a free ad plug for Hulu. I need, oh, <laughs> need that money. Yeah. No, but they were discussing a topic that I thought was kind of intriguing, right? Uh, they were talking about comedic skill and how it is widely underrated in the sense that Comedy is not as easy to do as people would essentially think it is. You know, going up and standing on stage and telling jokes looks like it's easy, right? <laughs> right? But it's also extremely easy to bomb telling the jokes that you found on the popsicles. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there are comedians out oh. there who can tell the jokes that they found on the popsicle stick, and it's absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah. You want to know the best popsicle stick joke I've ever seen? Sure. You know what the hardest part of a vegetable to eat is? He's laughing already. <laughs> the wheelchair. Oh, oh that was God. on a popsicle stick. <laughs> what popsicle <laughs> stick did you buy? <laughs> right. What? This was some kind of niche shit off Etsy, wasn't it? What the fuck? No, nope. <laughs> just I can't remember. It was a regular popsicle. I guess somebody oh, was having wow. a bad day. Like, I can't believe that made it through. Somebody lost their job. Yeah. Or somebody was on their way out. Or got a promotion. There is definitely, there has to be a market for offensive popsicles. <laughs> like in your 20s and 30s and you want a popsicle and you want to... They were talking about comedy and the comedic skill set that it takes. And essentially the argument was that Rachel McAdams should have won an Oscar for her role in Mean Girls. Oh, and, huh. and it got me 
I mean, Regina Spe- Re- Regina George, George is one of is iconic, right? Yeah, it's she's I- one of the greatest villains of all time. Yes. And Regina Spector is a very good musical. Artist. I love Regina. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I love I Regina Spector. I love Regina Spector. Sorry, continue. <laughs> she made a whole song about a wallet. I it was knew. amazing. It made me cry. It made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Okay, so it got me thinking about comedy overall as a genre right and its influence on pop culture and the way comedy like even how comedy has been like the focus point of like the whole politically correct movement and shit like that like stand-up comedians really took on that war the same way the gop is taking on like raising the minimum wage and shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I was wondering, you know, no other genre really seems to have an influence over the culture the same way comedy drives the culture. You know what I mean? Sometimes action films become part of the zeitgeist for like brief moments in history. Like we all, you know, get our Fast and the Furious craze on every time they drop a new. And Michael Bay (laughs) is like, you know, a fucking millionaire for reasons. We all like to watch things explode and shit like that. But nobody goes around like really quoting like Die Hard anymore. Like, people are still quoting Austin Powers and don't even know they're quoting Austin Powers at this point. You know right. what I mean? Like, SNL sketches. and So, I guess the question I had was, is comedy the most influential art form? Ooh. Well, let's get one thing I wanted to say. Why is comedy never considered high art? Exactly my point. Ooh. Exactly my point. Because it seems to me that comedy is the most influential art form. And it's considered the lowest of all the art forms. Mm. Even though it's the most versatile of all the art forms. Yeah. And it's the only art form, we talked about this, where you can be, like, intentionally bad. Mm -hmm. And that's the point. Yeah, oh man. It doesn't take it's the only art form that doesn't take itself seriously. And it's almost like when you take comedy too seriously, it makes it worse. Yeah, it's it's so strange cuz like I feel like I mean comedy I mean you guys have already touched on it a little bit. Like comedy is many different things. Yes. So to like try to put it into one but specific But you can do lens. serious comedy. Yeah, like, When absolutely. you're talking about like critical analysis of things, satires, parodies, that sure. kind of shit. The movie sure. Funny People is a great example. Funny, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. The people absolutely. who hate that movie don't get that movie. Because well, I, I think the, the, the thing that makes comedy so versatile is the way that it kind of, the way that like you're, you're experiencing experiencing comedy like as you're hearing something funny, something that hits you is a very like, very intuitive kind of reaction. Yeah, right? it's very visceral. Like yeah. you, you kind of just yeah, like you said, you react to it. Yeah, like you don't have a you. The way you process comedy almost feels like the same way you process like thought. Sure. Yeah. I absolutely. Guess. I think like uh, not to bring in Avatar: The Last Airbender so I do early. Feel free. In the past. I love that. Uh, but like uh, in the same way that like the elements and their division 
is an illusion. Yeah. Comedy and that sort of emotion that's tied to it, and yeah. emotions in general, there's no real division. Comedy is kind of that thing that kind of flows yeah, between very all of fluid. those things. It, yeah. yeah, and it persists in all different kinds of, or all different forms throughout all different cultures. Right. That was one of the things that actually made putting the, like, the like primer pod together for this really hard. Yeah. Because I was like, man, what 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 do I put in here? And I was like, well, there's a lot of these like stand up bits, and then I was looking for like cartoon clips and things like that, and I'm like, I mean, this one it's not a good audio clip, mm. but this is something I definitely would want to include, but I can't because sure. it would sound bad. I mean, yeah, it's it's a, comedy is something that I think is is much like any other art. It's it's something subjective, but I think the ones that are really stand that stand out, and I think where comedy kind of expands is it does pull on something that is more intuitive than it is understood. Yeah, where it's like there's a lot of comedians that make their career off of like making jokes about stuff that's going on in the world right now right. it's stuff that like uh, there i've heard so many comedians yeah. talk about like things that i've never experienced but there's enough into intuitive knowledge that i get the that joke you can relate to exactly yeah, comedy has a way of almost disarming things yeah. and making it relatable mm -hmm. to to people's personal experiences in ways that like you just said if even if you've never experienced that specific thing the comedian is describing you can based off of this description you can relate it to something that you've experienced and you can find some kind of empathy towards it and it's funny that you uh you know you said it's coming from a place that we don't quite understand like scientists don't even readily understand why we laugh sure. right like in every other species we haven't really observed laughter in the same way that we do it <laughs> that's so true like what is the evolutionary like necessity for laughing <laughs> right there isn't any, anything people. other than to the closest thing i think i've read they can use to explain it is like it's a it's almost like a way to share like empathy Sure. Like to disarm, you know, the people you're around when you're laughing. It is a very disarming, like, thing. And when you see that in, like, other cultures, it's, or other cultures, but other species, it's weird because when they do something close to, like, when monkeys do something close to what looks like laughing, it's a very aggressive thing. Like, I, I, I know this is a weird comparison, and I don't, I hate to bring in WandaVision so early in the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they just talked about, they, uh, oh, can we do spoilers? Is that okay? Yeah, no, 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 this is, we always do spoilers because yeah, okay, cool. this is. It'll drop on two weeks next later. Time. Not, yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, it's not even really that big of a spoiler. But they had that scene where Vision's talking about grief, right? And he's Ooh, talking about yes. that emotional reaction to Ooh, yes. love lost and things like that. And honestly, I kind of feel like humor and laughter is a similar kind of idea, right? I, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it because, like I said, the way. When you laugh around somebody, it is a very shared, like, like, letting your guard down kind of yeah. moment. I'm comfortable around you enough to, like, release air from my belly. <laughs> but there's, and, and there's still that, like you said, the empathetic, it's yeah. empathy, right? Yeah. You have to kind of, like, you kind of 
when you're delivering like humor purposefully, not accidentally, yeah. you have to kind of like have this understanding of like the energy of the people you're talking to, uh, that kind of back and forth to yeah. kind of give that little twist that, that activates is this the okay humor. To, yeah, is, yeah. That, is this okay to laugh at? Right. It's kind of like if, you know, you're at the office and Carol falls over and, you know, you laugh but everybody else is concerned, sure. you're like, oh shit, am I an asshole for laughing at Carol? But then Carol laughs <laughs> and now everybody's okay with good. it because Carol laughed at You it. also wouldn't be the only person laughing, let's be honest. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> but maybe you're the only one that laughed out loud. Everybody else knew <laughs> so, better to kind of go, oh. <laughs> Do that, cover your Comedy mouth. Comedy right. is acting out optimism. Robin Williams. Mm. But it's also a mechanism that we use to like shame people. As the, purpose of, <laughs> as the purpose of comedy is to correct the vices of men, I see no reason why anyone should be exempt. Moliere. That's that's very fair. So I did some research, bitches. Do you do you guys know anybody that you've ever met in your lives that has absolutely? Because I think that there are some people that are just not affected by fear, like scary movies. Have you met anyone that has never been affected by comedy in some way? So like, have I no met somebody that has no sense of humor? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I have, I've mentally blocked that person <laughs> out of my life. <laughs> are they really alive? At that yeah, point? like. That person, like, I feel like it's like somebody who says they don't like music, right? I'm like, oh, so you're like a sociopath. Right. <laughs> like, like, who doesn't like music? What the sure. fuck? Right. Like nature. Like, what do you have? What happens when you go in the woods and the sound of like the trees blends with in rhythm with like the way the birds are chirping? Like, what the fuck do you <laughs> All do? All the colors <laughs> of the wind. I'm like, yeah. Have you never watched a Disney movie? Yeah, what the oh, fuck? Geez, yeah. And that's. I mean, those people are like they they don't get that same experience out of nature. They're sociopaths. They, they, yeah. they could be. It's, it's true. Uh, or psychopaths, maybe? <laughs> is that more of a psychopath trait? Like, Which is weird, because, like, for the longest... And, and kind of going off of, like, your your quote here, too, is, like... I don't know. I, I always thought uh, my humor in my life, like, early on was, was a way to kind of combat bad feelings that I was having, mm. right? Like, that was my way of communicating and empathizing and and equalizing all these people who are like that guy gets it so maybe that makes I'll a lot of that. sense because if you really think about comedy comedy yeah. is always done with intent yeah yeah absolutely yeah and, and you brought up robin williams yeah. which is the only uh celebrity's death who affected me at all mm. um his his biggest thing was like especially later on um he damn that should have been your hill you died <laughs> the only celebrity death that mattered was robin williams absolutely well, and yeah. prince <laughs> oh god that's true too yeah, yeah, and Kobe. okay yeah there's lots there's lots but i remember Yo, my man i wish we had the camera so y'all could have seen his face just now <laughs> my man was very offended like yo it was only a fucking year ago that's, so like... true. that's a good point damn all right yeah. well anyway but right. the robin williams yes. like he he his very much was uh verbose about you know humor was a way to to uh, to deal with his own depression yeah right that was his intent with it it was his way he didn't want other people to feel the way he did so it's like the Pagliacci it. joke yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. is though but i mean that is essentially one of the functions of com and see that's another thing that i was talking about like one of the things i feel like makes comedy more influential than some of the other genres is it serves multiple functions mm -hmm. like action movies serve 
like really like a few essential like functions of course like and this is kind of what i wanted to talk about a little bit later when we get to comedy versus the other genres but like you can a good action movie will make you feel like you do when you listen to break stuff by limp (laughs) (laughs) but i was gonna say i guess a good action movie can be a critical think piece but most of the time they're not though Mm, and i feel like the ones that are those are the ones that stick out and you know they're the influential ones but that doesn't make the genre influential sure sure yeah yeah the dark knight was a influential like but also i feel like that's because they had christopher nolan who was an influential director i mean like the man set the soundscape for like any like thriller or drama for like the next 10 years lots of like really low bass horns yeah exactly (laughs) they all sound the same i can find that drop i'm sure i could just type in like christopher (laughs) nolan bass horn and because i'm I'm trying to think now because i think what you're touching on with the like influential being through a genre right like that because if you're looking at comedy genre the one that sticks out to me that kind of like did influence stuff is when you think back to like Anchorman and like oh, yeah. the um oh my god everyone's gonna hate me for not remembering the the person who made the forty year old virgin and that like oh, Judd Apatow Judd Apatow yeah, the Judd Apatow movies I remember when those comedies were coming out the first one I think was forty year old virgin maybe that was the first one but or was it old old school no oh I forgot about old school I don't think old school was Judd Apatow but he but he was like kind of putting a bunch of those movies out yeah. that kind of like was a different form of comedy that wasn't like right. out right yeah, and it kind of really... it kind of gave a new path for that genre so that's kind of what I feel like um Tim and Eric did mm. to like the late night like comedy oh, circuit yeah. yeah I'm gonna take a guess here Judd Apatow was a first wave adult swim watcher Oh, first wave Adult Swim Watcher, yeah. you think? Oh, oh yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, because he's only 53, so he would have been, you know, in around, like, his 30s and stuff when Adult Swim... Probably, like, his 20s. Yeah, late 20s when Adult Swim first became a thing. Oh, wow, yeah, maybe he is then. And then that might have been where that comedy style came from. Just like the lo-fi hip-hop thing came from that. Yeah. And MF <laughs> Doom. Oh. No, so you're right. His first movie was The 40-Year-Old Virgin. It was, okay. Yeah, yeah. Man, knocked it out of the park with his first Yeah, and that did. It, it It literally changed the comedy, and it's still, the comedy scape is, like, still trying to escape yeah. that format. Kind of the way, like, the uh, Chuck Lorre format, like, changed the way, like, sitcoms and stuff are run. Now everybody does that multi-cam shit the way he did. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. super true. And it's, like... Once again, we're, but we're still talking about, like, you know, the influence of comedies. And, like, you can even see that blending into the way other genres of TV shows shoot their shit. Yeah. So it's in other movies, the way other movies Like are The shot. Office, look at the camera. The, those mockumentaries that yeah. came out for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it is. Modern like, Family uses that, too. And... Yeah. So, but that gets into one of my... Uh, Point my plot points that I plot points that I have for. Are we playing D and D? Because that's what I call that. Yeah. Uh, but the initial like impact and the longevity and the direct effect are, are three things that I have down for something that or for things that make something influential. Yeah. And we just went through and listed how different comedic directors and producers and uh, comedians <laughs> in general 
made initial and longevity like impacts that directly affected and had a long lasting effect on the way the culture of comedy is let alone the way we perceive media right so it all things that i don't feel like we get from any of the other genres and i mean you were talking about um using comedy as kind of like a defense mechanism when you were younger and you know i think oh, i still do that mm-hmm. yeah but i think you know comedy i just let people know now like say somebody <laughs> tells me that somebody they know died i'm just like i'm just like look i'm terrible at handling this type of thing so i'm going to make jokes to make myself try to feel less uncomfortable oh God, and i apologize can you make those you know those cards that people will hand you that it's like hi just to let you know i am deaf yep uh you just hand them out like hi just to let you know i i will make jokes at your expense to make myself i like, use humor as a coping, humor as a coping. <laughs> just to let you know <laughs> this is gonna be my friend who is uh, my friend rj who's like seven one he had these business cards that his sister got him. He was like, hi, my name is RJ. I'm 7-1. Yes, the weather is great up here, and I do play basketball. That's amazing. Do you guys think there's a, uh, a, a market? I'm always looking for new markets and avenues, right? Instead of like a uh, therapy dog, like a therapy comedian that goes around with people. Mm-hmm. That just like, if there's an awkward situation and anxieties are high, you just like make a joke. For your, friend, <laughs> your comedian gonna, like... just cuts in with a comedic relief. Yeah. Like, hey, have you so guys... John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Oh. <laughs> John Mulaney. I like John Mulaney. Or Conan O'Brien. Yeah. 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 I would, I would hire them as my therapy comedian therapy. Walking so, around. would you say growing up, comedians were more of like your role models than anything else? Ah, uh, I'm gonna. Probably not, honestly. Only because not until way later. Yeah. Because my my first dive and I think my my whole source material for comedy was was improv comedy. Mm. So like whose line um, oh, yeah. was Classic was shit. big, right? Which while, is a whole different while idea. improv, it's still done with intent. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Right. But that that is like improv is such a different beast when it comes to humor because it's something that like. Instead of like with the intent that like you're writing out, comedy. yeah, exactly that, <laughs> yeah, right? It is though. It's you're you're everyone is brainstorming and you're at the pitch meeting with the audience and the performers at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it taps into such a different kind of like uh, primal energy. I feel yeah. like for comedy, it which is very raw. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what I like about. Uh, it's, kind of one of the things I like about like rap music you know <laughs> yeah I mean you have like freestyle rap battles and shit where like you have an agreed upon like skill set and shit like that that you can like draw from and everything like that and a lot of rap battles nowadays are like pre-rehearsed like I guess content and performances and stuff like that but even with improv comedy a lot of this stuff is like you know practice because it's oh, not yeah. like they just sit up there and they really just come up with the shit off top they do a lot of them come from these teams where they practice and they run these games down and like a, another reason why like I said all three of us yes, have done improv yeah. so we know is not the easy is not. but you're right though there is a there and I think it's true for the other like stand up comedy and everything else yeah. it's there's there are functions and like ideas that are 
part of like the structure of it yeah, that you tools that you use yeah. in order to be able to come up with jokes when someone goes i don't know beehive and yeah. you're like and it's like that's hilarious yeah and then everyone loves beehives and then the yep. beehive comes back later on and it's a whole thing yeah. i remember one of the in theater class uh, i was working with richard kidney oh i remember Richard. and uh we had to do like a silent bit so we did this thing where it was like a mirror where we were on stage and we would mirror each other's movements mm -hmm. and then we'd act like, is this a mirror or is this a real person? And then every time he would turn his back, I would start like mocking him. <laughs> and then gotcha. like we had the steps and everything counted. So when he turned around, I would just be just <laughs> like him. And then uh, we like ran right at each other and then like hit our faces and then uh. reacted the same way <laughs> so at the very end like we walk up like right next to each other and i just slap him <laughs> there you go see timing yeah. <laughs> for me though i think it had to be like sketch comedy okay like sketch comedy was probably one of the earliest forms of like or like i guess one of my early like you know all that on oh, <laughs> nickelodeon all that. that's right know? so you go back and then like in living color and stuff like yeah. that and then you from there you go into like i used to watch stand-up heavy I, I, what was it? lounge larry's lounge lizard or something like that they I used to come on comedy central I like see that this one. was back when like comedy central really was like nothing but like stand-up stand -up. and shit like gotcha. that yeah so i think this is funny because i think my source of comedy came from something different than both of you oh, oh. and comic view you know <laughs> on I, think, I think mine came from absurdism in cartoons oh yeah okay that's yeah. fair yes yeah. like ned ed and eddie <gasps> oh yeah oh, yes. yeah that's so true cartoons ned ed and eddie is like you've heard me come up with the dumbass responses that sounds like something ed would say oh yeah no that's fair that's fair so and see so i feel like based off of the way we went about that everybody could probably like pull from where we get our comedians now say <laughs> one of your favorite movie. comedy movies Oh. And I bet you that all three of ours are going to have different styles. Oh, man. You don't yeah. have to think of your favorite. You can just think of one of your one favorites. One that's, like, off the top of your head? Okay. No, I don't want to say the one that came to my mind at first, Joe, <laughs> because it's really embarrassing. Norbit. Norbit? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but it's that's not... So that was good. just the first one that came to my head, right? But I was thinking Eddie Murphy, right? Because... We're talking about like comedic influences. Like coming to America? Yeah. Coming to America or like uh, fucking, God, what was it? The Nutty Professor, mm -hmm. shit like that. <laughs> you know, those were kind of movies as a kid that I really loved. And uh, fucking Life with him and Martin Lawrence and shit like that. All right, Briscoe Inferno, what's oh, one of your God. favorites? I, I, was, I was hoping that you guys talked about, I wanted more time to stall. Yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> what about you, Zig? All right. My favorite comedy is Zoolander. Oh, yeah. Zoolander yeah. is a Zoolander. good choice. I should have said Zoolander. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Zoolander's a good choice. Fucking Rush Hour. See, but that's another one of like how comedy can blend into other genres. But my like, favorite comedy is a farce. It's an absurdist farce. That's... I... Okay, so speaking on, like, fucking... Oh, can we curse? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys yeah. curse all the time. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, this is such a weird one. Um, I really liked Cabin in the Woods as a comedy. It's not a oh, comedy, no. <laughs> but I mean, actually, it is. But it no. is a comedy, and that's because I hate. I, I don't. Well, I don't hate, but I don't like the horror genre. What? Very no. much. So I'm is scared. it basically oh, I'm a scared. horror yeah, movie scary. where it's actually a comedy it's in a, the same vein where? A, the Truman Show is a comedy. Oh damn it! Truman Show is a good. Actually, question. like yeah, a dark suspense movie. Comedy is just the is the label on the pill. Yeah, no, that movie is comedy. Is a we, we've yeah. talked about this movie a couple of times. <laughs> like, that movie is dark yeah. as unbelievable. Yeah. Any like that yeah, movie is yeah. dark as fuck. Yeah, no, it's it's very much like it is a parody on the horror genre, but through a comedy lens, right? You're laughing yeah. about, oh, that's funny because horror, I know this yeah. stuff. Uh, but it's <laughs> it also a horror. comedy to disarm all the scary parts. Yeah, it's and we were even talking and about that. We were, that. We were yeah. like, bad horror movie. Yeah, oh, it's a best. bad horror movie in itself a different genre. I absolutely yeah. think so. Yeah, because like, like when people are making bad horror movies, there's no way they don't look at it. They're like, "This is come awful. on, killer clowns from outer space." <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen that? Giant Axe Man, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. That's amazing. I got Gingerbread Man. Uh, that one's it's it's great. By the way, they have no idea how to scale how big Paul Bunyan is. Hilarious. Like one spot, he's like bigger than a house, and then the other, <laughs> he's walking under like an awning of a, you know, suspension bridge. Like That's a amazing. foot suspension bridge, and I'm like, you just went from like 15 to 20 feet tall to like you're eight six. <laughs> Inconsistently. Um, Thanks Killing. That's the one I watched. Thanks Killing. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. But have you seen Pilgrim? On no. yo, okay. So Pilgrim is a horror movie on Hulu that I thought was going to be a bad horror movie when okay. I watched it, and I had watched it entirely and like settled into the thought that this is going to be a good bad horror movie. And it actually turned out to be a, a decent horror movie. I okay. won't call it a good horror sure. movie, but it was pretty good. It was all about like this. Now, uh, is it being a decent horror movie less enjoyable than being a bad horror movie? Mm. No, it was more enjoyable because I came into intending for it to be bad. And it was better than I expected it to be. So it exceeded my expectations, therefore making it good. Ah. I understand completely yeah. what you said. That <laughs> <laughs> was a roundabout way to get into, no, it was actually pretty good. Sweet. But yeah, it was like uh, this family was all busy for like Thanksgiving and everybody had like forgotten like the spirit of Thanksgiving and shit like this. So the dad hired this weird uh, colonial dude who he thought was like some dude cosplaying like as a pilgrim to, you know, <laughs> come and bring the holiday spirit. Of course. And he ended up being like this weird like super fundamentalist like cult member who like kidnapped the family and they were gonna like <laughs> sacrifice them in the spirit of Thanksgiving. It was wild. You do, yeah. yeah. I recommend it. It was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty good. But I mean, like, I, I, I do think there's a, a chicken and egg kind of situation with with most art, right? Is yeah. like, is it, is it, if it was going in and the person who made it intended it to be a bad horror movie, but you got something different out of it, it doesn't invalidate its impact. Like, talk about absurd comedies. The Room, right? The Room. <laughs> yeah. The guy who made that is like, this is gonna be a great. The subjectively. Yeah. Worst movie ever made, right? But, but think about it, though. Is it? Depending <laughs> on what lens you're looking through, there's a movie about that movie, movie. being made. He's right. That, how is that? Wh wh there's no way. Like, I, I feel like 
I, I understand so what absurd. you're saying with it's it because so it's so absurd. absurd. The dude who made it, it's like, this is art. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it came out and people were like, this is terrible. But I'm still The director is the type of guy who has a piece in the MoMA that everybody walking through the MoMA is like, why the fuck? It's is like this in the MoMA. It's a potato, right? It's just a potato sitting under a glass box, and you're like, why the fuck is this potato here? But I mean, like, this is, it's such, oh, God, what a time to be alive. And that's that the real message of the art. Absolutely. That's the real message of the potato, is it wants you to, to See, wonder people like why you, the potato is there. Like you, the reason the why the potato is there, right? Because somebody stared at it long enough and was like, this has to have a fucking right. meaning. You know? someone might just let it just leave the potato out. Like, I, that's you see, thing. the message is if you put anything on a pedestal, like, that's... it will be elevated. <laughs> Which is super true. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is like I feel like I think with most art forms, right? It's like you, there's a person making the art. And then they put it out, and then once they put it out, it's like, yeah, I intended for this to be like, <laughs> uh, a decision on society. But like, if someone takes it and is like, mm, I think this is like a funny clown painting, and that's all they get from it, it's still art. Like, the room yeah. still made this dude's career, just it not is. in the way he intended yeah. at all. So, like, my first, this is actually going to be relevant. So my first <laughs> tattoo, um, I got on my shoulder, right? And it's album artwork from the band In Flames, mm, okay. and it's a uh, a crow with like sheet over top of its face, That's cool. and it's on a leaking hourglass of blood, right? Ooh. And it's just album artwork. But when I got it, I was joking around, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, if anybody ever asks you what it means, I'm just gonna be like, it's like a metaphor for like life <laughs> slowly draining out of us, man." Yeah. And I'm at, it's years later, I'm at Starbucks and I'm wearing a tank top about to go to Six Flags with my friend Kenny. And this soccer mom with her like eight year old daughter is like, I really like your tattoo. Is it like a metaphor for like life slowly draining out of us? <laughs> and this poor kid. <laughs> I'm looking, I turn to Kenny, I turn to Kenny and we have this moment where it's non-verbal communication, it's just like a psychic link, and we're just like, oh my fucking god, I cannot believe it. I, I didn't have the heart to say it, I just was like, no, it's album artwork. And they're like, right, fair. what kind of band are they? And I'm like, yeah, you know, they're melodic death metal, and she's like, really? I love Slayer! And I'm like... This is one of the strangest interactions I've ever had. That's amazing. It is wild. <laughs> like she had, she had like the, she had a Karen haircut and everything. Like, yeah. uh, oh, gotcha, man. Yeah, maybe she's a Karen's sleeper agent. All, I was gonna say Karen's coming all shapes and sizes <laughs> now, <laughs> and all true. genders. Karens are subjective, like art. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the potato. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think on that note, we're going to take a break. Break time! Woo! I guess preteens where mm. I was like, that's it. I'm not going to be like afraid of scary movies anymore. And I started like making myself like you that uh, fucking clockwork orange shit. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like physically traumatizing myself. Right. Exposing yourself yeah. to that. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, God. nope, you're going to look at her getting her fucking toenail ripped off right. you know, because you're not going to be a pussy. <laughs> what if you have to like watch someone get their toenail ripped off? It's still That's the one part like, of the right now music video by Korn that I'm just like, mm, nope, yeah. nope. It's hard. Nope. Yeah, 
prepared. I said I felt this way about like teeth. When like teeth break, it like it's really like oh god, like the idea. It's it's like one of those things that you can feel it. Like yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, oh I'm god, like, oh, no. But well, power to you though. I I I am Horror games though. Horror video games fuck me Absolutely. Up. Yo, I, I love it. I love it because I don't get that reaction from watching horror movies anymore. Yeah, right? fair. They're, like, fairly predictable to me, and I'm always, like, I've watched enough behind-the-scenes special effects shit to know, like, yeah, that brain didn't really explain. <laughs> but I guess that part of me is, like, broken now, right? Like, sure. I've had the Resident Evil 2 abilities. remake installed sure. on my PlayStation 4 for so long and have not opened it yet. Well, I gotcha. But there's something about playing a horror game, though, that that turns that switch back on. Because I'm more engaged. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, way yeah, more engaged in what's happening now. So I'm actually, like, walking down this dark corridor. And video games are a lot more unpredictable than fucking movies. That's so true. You know? I think the only horror game that I've played that I was like, okay, I enjoyed that. I didn't, like... I've, I've played others that I've enjoyed, but uh, Until Dawn. Oh, yeah. That? Oh, yeah. God, that game Resident Evil 4 was the first one for me like that. Resident Evil 4 was It was Silent good. Hill 4, The Room. That shit, where you had to, like, crawl through the mirror to get to, like, that. Yo, it that game fucked me up, son. Like, it was the first horror game I had really got invested in. Like, I liked Resident Evil. Those games were fun and everything. Yeah. And, of course, they're terrifying. Yeah. But <laughs> did you guys ever play, um, did you ever get the PlayStation Underground discs, like, in the mail? Like, the little Oh, when you discs? would get, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was one on there. I think the reason I hated uh, horror games so much is it was just called, like, The Tower or something. And all it was is you're like this girl that wakes up at the top of the tower and you start going down the steps and suddenly this dude with mass massive hedge clippers comes out. Oh, I feel like I know what game you're talking <laughs> about. You're just trying to get down to the tower, yeah. but you have to, it's, he's just like slowly chopping the hedge clippers towards you. And if you don't go to the next floor fast enough, he, you know. Chops you in half. Chops you in half. Yo, they, um, is he walking the whole time? Yeah, he's just like slowly walking the and whole time. And still catches you? You just mm -hmm. made me think of this German fairy tale that they tell kids who suck their thumb called, uh, what is it, Der Strudel Peter or something like that? Oh, the Strudel Peter, Yo, of course. No, 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 look, really random, random tangent here. It's all about this dude with these large pair of scissors who comes after kids who suck their thumb too much and he chops their fingers off, their thumbs off. And I'm like... This is, it's no wonder German people are fucked up. That's this is the kind of shit they tell their children. That's <laughs> you so don't, scary. But then, you know, the Germans are like, uh, you guys have you know to worry about scary? school shootings and shit <laughs> like that. So. You know what else is scary? Germany's history. Germany's history is very scary. I mean, most history is. If you think scary. about it, Germany was like a bunch of like forest and shit, like dark, dark, dark forest. Like some scary shit probably went down in those dark, dark, dark forests. It's no wonder all of their fucking fairy tales are dark as shit. That's so strange. Hansel and Gretel, like, yeah. don't wander off in the woods, there's a witch who might eat you. Because most of the kids' stories are, are fear-based, and yeah. with the intent to control a specific behavior from the kids, right? Yes. Could you imagine if they used comedy in those old <laughs> instead? You, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. <laughs> Rat bastard. <laughs> He's a Never guest and beating the house. Yes, <laughs> that, was yes. that was good. That was good. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Because I was gonna say the only other genre. There's two genres. Great I minds think. laugh alike. Oh. oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. There's two genres I think are 
I don't even think they're as influential as comedy, but me personally, if I had to come up with an argument for the antithesis, mm -hmm. it would be sci-fi and horror. Okay. Because everything we do is based on fear, mm -hmm. right? The entire like structure of the way we live <laughs> today is based on the fear of being left outside in the woods at night. <laughs> Very true. Man. The heating, the electricity, the house, yeah. <laughs> the refrigerator. All of this is so we don't ever have to go back to being left out naked in the woods at night. <laughs> Damn. That's so true. The so... human brain is programmed and like a fear response <laughs> that's so true yeah no and i think i think uh, speaking on comedy stuff and like getting back to like kind of what you guys were you guys were talking about before like uh it, fear is the response of anticipation for bad things that could happen right yeah. where like that could kill me that could kill you <laughs> humor is like the reaction of things that you weren't expecting in a lot of cases mm. which is very interesting it's, yes because it is like an unexpected usually when you laugh it's unexpected yeah. even when you watch you're watching a comedy or like a stand-up show right you're sitting there and you don't know when you're supposed to laugh sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it something funny happens you all of a sudden this illicit response happens and you're like the next thing you know you're expelling air from your stomach again for no reason like this is a random thought but it made me think of it like do you guys ever watch something or are in like an audience of something back when you know there was audiences um, and like, do you ever, it's, there's, <laughs> in the before times, um, and you watch something that's funny and like, you, if you were watching it by yourself, you probably wouldn't have laughed, but if you're with other people that are laughing, it suddenly becomes funnier mm. to you. Yes. Have you ever experienced no. that? No, I, I experience that with stand up all the time, yeah. right? Like when I'm watching them by myself, I kind of like chuckle on the inside. Like, oh, oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the golf clap of <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Pretty good joke. Yeah. yeah. But when you're with people and other people laugh in a room, it's kind of like, I guess, you know, why big crowds at stand-up shows are kind of necessary. Yeah. Like uproars of laughter, you know, really bring the vibe in the room up. The Every vibes. comedian talks about feeding off the crowd. Yeah. yeah Every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's that energy, man. Very, very true. It's mm. one of the things that makes comedic acting, I feel like, even more difficult. You know, which actors action. say yeah. as well. Oh man, yeah. that's so true. That's so true. We we um uh, during the this these pandemic y times, uh, we were trying to do um uh, improv and acting uh, through Zoom. <laughs> Super hard because we uh, we did I did a acting thing for. An I feel actual... like the only way you'd be able to do that is if you were improving something that can only really be improved over Zoom. Yeah, it's 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 definitely difficult. You uh, can't do prop. <laughs> we're all the the scene is you're on a Zoom chat. Like that's gonna be the other thing you can really do. But um, no, they they did an acting thing and there was like there was I remember watching like the the group uh, reached like 150 people in the audience and we were doing our acting thing. But without that audience reaction, it yeah, felt it's so, so weird. It's it terrible. It does. Oh. It feels so, oh, God, I don't, sterile. Yeah. Like, oh. Am I doing this for them or am I doing it for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely strange. Inside. But if I'm doing it for them, isn't it really doing it for me? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it feels good to make other people feel good. Isn't that inherently a selfish pursuit? <laughs> oh god, nope. No Neon Genesis Evangelion here. <laughs> the only other genre I was thinking maybe comes close to the influence of comedy is sci-fi, mm. right? Like, a lot of the things we use to escape fear were inspired by <laughs> science fiction. Yeah. So, you know, we're currently recording on USB microphones, on laptops, when computers used to take well, I mean, sci-fi, and sci-fi is, like, not only like, an escape, but it's also building a weapon to kill whatever's trying to kill us. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of gets to my point about comedy, right? Like, comedy itself can Send be... Send in Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum! <laughs> Happen. Comedy itself can be used as a weapon or as a tool, and I feel like has been used as both weapons and tools to push, you know, society and culture forward. From Shakespeare to, you know, the Greek and Roman <laughs> comedies to now, like, we have the propaganda wars at hand and we have the whole political correctness movement pushing how we view comedy moving forward in general itself. Like, we were talking off mic about how I feel like for a while, I don't know if it was like the late 90s to the mid-aughts, somewhere around there, being mean became funny. Mm, Like, mm -hmm. the whole South Park, like, and the Family Guy, like, and even comedians like Bill Burr and um, fucking... Patrice O'Neill and stuff like that. And I wouldn't necessarily call Patrice O'Neill mean, but it was like that unapologetically aggressive and in your face. Right. And people who didn't, who don't understand the art form that it takes to critically do something like that, or to objectively do something like that, boiled it down to being mean is funny. And you can see where you know the kind of culture that came from that like the you know the whole uh targeting like britney spears and you know making fun of celebrity outbursts and stuff like that and it's almost like a and i hate to call it bully culture but Mm. it kind of did and we're kind of like addressing it now with the whole political correctness like it's not okay to make fun of somebody just because they're different but it is okay to point out things that are objectively like weird about that difference is where we are sure, at now yeah. like and it's almost like if you can make a critical analysis of the subject matter that you're critiquing and you're breaking down for the sake of your comedy then we're okay with it but if you're just out here making fun of fat people then nobody wants that shit yeah anymore. absolutely and i feel like a lot of comedians who came up during that time are having a hard time or they're saying oh these snowflakes and i'm like adjust your skill dog right get better like if you're not allowed to dope up anymore <laughs> does it mean that it's baffling. your comedy is weak. I it's mean, baffling because I feel like in uh, people, so many different people in like leadership roles in different sects of like society, right? There's so much like backlash when anything changes. Yeah, which oh. is dumb. Like you're gonna people. I just are read a change. lot of James Baldwin recently. 
I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, the irony in that statement. <laughs> you going, picking up, sipping your coffee. This is why I wish we had a camera, yo. You picking up, sipping your coffee with your legs all <laughs> yes. going, I just read a lot of James Baldwin recently. Trust me, I know. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> The black struggle <laughs> is told by one of the white men in the room. Drop the clip from Get Out. I would have voted for Obama a third time. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but it gets into my point of like, you know, the culture around meanness and how the alt right was able to hide behind that comedic structure to do things like take the whole Pepe meme and turn it into a white supremacy thing, but oh, still geez, hide yeah. behind like, it's just a joke, bro. Like, it's just a prank. Them it, taking the okay symbol and being like... Ironically, yeah, turning it into an actually, like, at first it started out as a joke. Like, oh, can you believe they think that this is, like, some real, like, racist shit? And, it, and then it became some real racist shit, because some real racist thought it was funny and it started doing that shit. Right. And it's like, that's one of the you know, uh, points I had said about like comedy being used as a weapon because sure. it is culturally influent, influential. Something that starts out as a joke has the ability to over time become something that people just kind of accept into their lexicon. Like I said, we all make quotes from movies that we used to love as kids nowadays just unironic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, like, it. Uh, you touched on it earlier, like, the um, disarming, like, comedy disarming yes. different ideas. Yes. And if those ideas are inherently, like, mean or it bullying in culture or You have like no idea of the intent until, like, the person who is perpetrating the irony or the satire displays their actual intent. They, I think they call it, like, Poe's Law mm. or something like that. Dave Chappelle yeah. and his white friend Chip. <laughs> in 2000 to 2020 with 846 there's your example of using comedy as a weapon <laughs> I mean I feel like that's an example of using comedy as satire and progressive pushes that's oh, comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. as a definitely. it's comedy as, but I guess it's that's the subjective part right sure. it, you know that's what is a gun <laughs> you know is it a tool or is it a weapon you know so, a machete is a machete until you use it to cut somebody's arm. <laughs> I but I can def I can definitely think of like many times in my life where I either saw or probably was like excused for bad behavior just simply because I it made someone funny. laugh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, I mean, and that's I think that's there is danger inherently with stuff like that especially if you're like have a huge audience and you're pushing an idea the character who dumps all their points in charisma never gets shit happened to him that's so true lord that's true i want to borrow characters also one of my favorite characters and one of my heroes and inspirations tom sawyer tom sawyer okay man guys it's really fun to paint this fence oh, that's so true. <laughs> 
I'm great at, at delegating work in group projects. That's fair. I, I just go all Tom Sawyer, and I'm just like, yeah, you guys know if you, like, I'll say I'll take the hardest quote-unquote thing, and I'm just like, yeah, I can do this super easy. Like, Man, that's, okay, whoa. Cause but I still come in as like, there's man, Because <laughs> I've, okay, because there's been, I've been in work projects or, or, or school projects, right? And to your point there. Like I'm not a lackluster teammate, <laughs> by the way. I still pull my weight. Not I'm at just all. saying. He says I choose. I'm choosing fact. what I want to do. Sure. <laughs> but that, there's there's an example of comedy being used to choose what you want to do and manipulate in a way that is still effectively good overall. But you're helping yourself out by being like, ah, yep. I'm just joking around. I'll get some stuff done, right, guys? Yep, yep. yep. Versus, I've also been in, in work uh, uh, situations like that where it's like, okay, this is really rough and we're all having a bad time, but here is some humor to lighten the load of this. Yep. Yeah. Um, that comedic relief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that yeah. is me at literally every job I have ever mm -hmm. worked. Yeah. Except for the casino. At a certain point, I was just like, fuck this, fuck everyone. I hate all of you. Yeah. But to another point, I was thinking about stereotypes, right? Like stereotypes are things, are bits of comedy that were, you know, influential at the time and had the longevity to the point where we just started. It was a joke at first that, you know, Mexicans were lazy. And then over time, people legitimately started to believe that Mexicans right. were lazy because we joked about it so much. You know, blackface like the and, thing shows you and about stuff before. like that. Those all started out as forms of comedy, right? right. Like those menstrual shows were things that people would go watch downtown and shit where the dude on stage would put the blackface makeup on and pretend to be a black jazz singer and mm -hmm. shit like that and eventually they all started to associate like the black jazz singer and black people with the idea of like minstrel shows and when it came to comedy and entertainment slippery yeah. slope type thing that there's some there is some science at work there yeah. simply because like humor is such a the reaction you get from humor, those endorphins fire off if you're laughing, right? There's a joy yep. factor. So if yep. you're getting that from those terrible stereotypes, you're right. It well, injects it e in. Yeah, I mean, it even gets, like, there are people who will make the argument to you that, like, um, like early, early, like, Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse oh, cartoons oh God, were depictions yeah. of menstrual, like, mm -hmm. characters. No, I mean, Absolutely. WB does have that disclaimer uh, for, the old, for uh, their old cartoons. Yeah, that's right. But I love Bugs Bunny growing up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So it fucks me up when you go back and like to take it out of the spectrum of race, like think about like the dumb blonde stereotypes. Sure. Like and you may not inherently think all blondes are dumb, but the second a blonde you know does something dumb, you go, Yep, there you go. <laughs> Just like all those other people <laughs> yeah. said. Yeah. And it all started out as a fucking bad right. dad joke. Right. Like, uh shit, like, okay. Here's another one. Boomer jokes about hating your wife, mm -hmm. right? Like, think about how many people are in marriages. Like, this is really, like, a stretch, but just follow me for a second. <laughs> think about how many people are in the kinds of relationships they're in because they heard their dads, you know, joking around about how much they hated <laughs> being around their mom and shit. You just kind of, over time, accept that, oh, maybe I'm not really supposed to like my partner, but we right. deal with each other, and that's good enough. Like, so when people say shit like, I married my best friend, it looks fucking corny, right? Because we're like, haha, no, you're supposed to hate your wife. That hit Don't me to fuck. my core. I, I feel like I, I, I had a dad that was very much like that yeah. old-style That sounds almost reminiscent of the, like, Russell Wilson getting the clap back, because... 
He was like, I love my wife. <laughs> oh, he got clapped. Are you talking about Chance the Rapper? Oh. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, so, so Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. him and Sierra have, and everybody is like, yeah. calls him corny and shit because he's all about Sierra and he's a good dude. He doesn't treat her like shit like Future did. Right. <laughs> and everybody's like, so now the internet is in this weird place where they're like, well, is is Russell Wilson corny? Why is Russell Wilson corny? Because he treats Sierra good and is treating Sierra good and not being like a hoe, a, a corny thing. Right. Like, yeah. So that that in itself, like we took chance was corny. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't make it okay sure. to. I guess de not de Cole but Wade was a little corny, but the change of clothes or the uh, full oh, clothes beam was so good, it doesn't yeah, matter. No, <laughs> no. Anytime, anytime you're using uh, like oh like other influence from either outside sources or anything else yeah. to justify bad behavior in a relationship is no good. Right. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent agree. But that's what I'm talking about when it gets into like stereotypes and the way we come to accept these simple thought patterns that you wouldn't really you don't think really hold any weight but they they are things that are hardwired like deep down in your core you know? yeah. and it's a lot of it comes from fucking comedy <laughs> yeah and, and I, I think you could look back at like different eras in comedy to get a feel for different things that are going on in society at the time right it's a reflection yeah. of what's going on with that yeah and that's yeah. why i think uh because uh the impactful comedians are the ones that are, are touching on things that go cross generations like right like so it's that age old argument where it's like does art influence society sure. or is art sure, sure, influenced sure. by society it's an it's an ouroboros <laughs> it's a snake eating itself yeah. oh it's ouroboros yeah it's is it not ouroboros it is. It. it I've heard tomato, it tomato. pronounced right. either way. It's, it's one of those words I've always read but never said out loud. I think. Mm. Yeah, I've I've heard Ouroboros and Ouroboros. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Or that you've That's always awesome. said out loud and then never seen spelled. Right. <laughs> what? Oh, oh my god. These are. I, I learned a lot of these types of words from playing Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic. Uh, that's that's super fair. Yeah. Oh yeah. The things you learn reading a cult. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and shit like. Oh. God, expand uh, the vocabulary. Pot of greed. Pot of avarice. Hmm. There's a connection there. <laughs> so I mean, as we discussed, though, it. You, I think we've built a pretty strong argument here as to comedy being influential as far as like you know, the culture is. It's. I feel like it's certainly but, more ready. Not. I, I'm not going to say memorable than quote-unquote high art but it's more like what is high art though like and they, i mean like like let's get into that with this discussion too because i feel like comedy we've demonstrated several times over this discussion here that it's not easy to do like good subjective comedy there's a reason why the south park clones didn't make it but south park is running as long as it has and mm. even south park at times has questioned has critically analyzed itself on whether they are being, you know, mean-spirited, and if they're, if they, they even did an episode where they questioned if they were the reason for the bully culture. Right. You know what I mean? People who don't get the joke. 
Yeah. Who think they the Rick and Morty fans who think that they get it but they don't. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Oh god. That's another perfect example it? of like, you know, how comedy can breed toxic cultures. What was this? The Mulan sauce? The, oh, the, the Szechuan, Szechuan sauce. Szechuan sauce. Oh, I'm like, a pickle, Morty. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's so true. <clears throat> and that's that's one thing that's always been like abrasive to me about like the Tim and Eric like absurdist comedy is the crowd. I feel like it attracts. True. Like I don't think you guys get. It's the Descartes quote. Word. Who get their kicks from acting like idiots will find themselves surrounded by idiots who think they're in good company. Oh, okay. Yes, oh, okay. yes. I feel like that is entirely what is going on with the, not to get political, but <laughs> as we get political <laughs> with the Republican Party sure. right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so they, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not one to call all Trump supporters deplorables, right? <laughs> but there is definitely a deplorable set of sure. Trump supporters who happen to be the loudest, and I would say happen to be uh, the majority of the group. They happen to be the loudest, and now they happen to be silenced. <laughs> mm, silenced <laughs> is a reach, sir. <laughs> Quiet for the moment may yep. be more accurate. <laughs> but CPAC is only, what, a few days away, so... Uh, listen for updates on that because Trump will be making his glorious return. Oh, oh. Yeah. But, uh, as we were, you know. That, that made me so sad to hear. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, God, yeah, my heart just I know. sank. We'll have to fucking hear. Yeah. I, that's the, I, that, yeah, well, well I was going to say, you don't have to watch CPAC, but uh, one of us, one of us has to watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, but no, definitely, definitely. We'll, we'll flip a coin on that. I, I was going to watch it just because I can tolerate that shit. The <laughs> same right. way you can watch basketball, even though I love basketball. I just, there's something about sitting down and watching sports when I'm not in the stadium mm. and isn't as engaging. 100% that's true. Yeah. Um, well. I need to watch more, honestly. More sports? More basketball. Like, I need to just throw it up on a screen while I'm doing something on my computer. That's yeah. fair. The Celtics are playing like shit. I, uh, this, yeah. this is going to surprise everyone in the room, but I'm not a big sports fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, my daughter got into, uh, soccer and that kind of like, just like her love of it made me start watching. I'm like, man, soccer really cool. See, what you guys can't see because we don't have the camera up today is he came in in full cleats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, I feel like if I dress for the job that I want, that'll be... <laughs> He's in full So Arsenal I showed up dressed right now. <laughs> they won't know I'm not dressed like that. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to the art thing, because I think it's like, uh, I mean, can you... This is so... This is in itself subjective. Right. Like, it, is art anything beyond trying to convey an idea or an emotion through creation? Like, is it anything beyond that, like... It, it, right, expression I of an actually idea. actually just thought of an example of this. Okay. <clears throat> Art is anything that comes from the human mind made tangible. Sure. Yeah. That light is all art. Art tangible, though? The we mm. is art. But is mm. all art music tangible? Music is, is art. Is music Tangi tangible? Music is tangible. It's not tactile, but it's tangible. That's fair. There has to be there has to be output so that input can happen. Yeah. Right. Right. So like literally anything that is made 
that has taken time and effort for someone to create. Anything that someone who put passion into creating, sure, I feel like is art. Because I mean, to that extent, I guess you could be able to call like postcards art, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, the photos that are put on the postcards are art, but are the postcards themselves art? <laughs> If you put them under a glass case and on a pedestal in the MoMA, absolutely. Ah, and here we are back to the potato argument. <laughs> oh, man. What do they call it? What is it? Uh, if, you, if you work at Subway, you're a, a, a sandwich artist, right? Yeah. So that's, I mean, you know. That's just this, that's just a way for Subway to label their employees as contractors <laughs> and not have to pay them health care. We pay them artist fees. There's tons of exposure. <laughs> Commission! Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Let's see. Let's see. That's the point. I mean, I really don't, I don't feel like can you think of, like I said, any other art form that is as influential or has been as influential as comedy? Even outside of, like, I guess what we'll call the uh, literature medium. Sure. You know? Like, yeah. I, I maybe, like, rock and roll and hip-hop, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I think you were right <sighs> when you were talking about um, the uh, sci-fi as the genre, yeah. right? Because that's, yeah. that's very... Uh, I think there's, like, a lot of old sci-fi that probably inspired certain technologies that we see today and oh, vice yeah. versa like um inspired people to create because that's one of the things i feel like about comedy mm-hmm. that is different from an action movie or a romance movie or a horror movie is like comedy i feel like is a bit more inspirational sure. than you know or a bit more driving than these other genres. Sure. I think it's more indelible. Mm. Like I said, it's like you're not gonna... I'm not gonna say, like, A Beautiful Mind is a... It's not a memorable movie. It is. Yeah. But I know so many quotes from Zoolander. Sure. And I don't know any from A Beautiful Mind. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I I think that, like, uh, no matter if you're a diehard, like, action fan or you're a diehard horror fan, like, comedy is definitely, like you're saying, like, it's it's something that anyone can ingest and and take in, so it it does, I think, make a wider It's also used in all of those genres as well. absolutely. Exactly. Because you you have to (laughs) break the tension at some point. Yes. Oh, man. It's a storytelling tool, Mm -hmm. and I think it's one of the most important storytelling tools that we have. Like, because it does allow tough subjects to be disarmed so that you can, you know, identify with them a bit better. It's It's like, you know, the black stand-up comedian, I feel like, has been one of the progressive pushes towards, you know, uh, some kind of homogeny in society. Yeah. It's definitely like, you know, Bill Cosby, even though we don't give him credit for... You know, even though his his focus is on something else right now, I feel like, you know, it cannot be without, like Dave Chappelle brought up, it cannot be without saying that what Bill Cosby did for black actors and for black comedians is monumental. He was one of the first leading black males on national TV. Right. And his legacy opened the doorway for it. his comedy 
it opened the doorway for tons of other black actors and black comedians to make history. I mean, and, like, most of his material is very much focused around, like, uh, a perspective that's not just, like, I mean, you know, speaking as a straight white male, <laughs> like, I, I enjoyed a lot of his humor, and it was coming from a different perspective than one that I had. Yeah, so it, was... it was the cleaner version now, of what, the, you know, was at what point being presented did you at the realize time? that it was coming from a different perspective? Oh, at what point did I realize? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, probably anytime he was like, you know, uh, being black and then something being like black but, in America. Yeah, right, right. No, I for me, know. like, I didn't really like recognize or oh, realize sure. it until I was older, because I was just like, oh, it's a comedy show. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very true. Yeah. Or oh, it's Family Matters. Like, but he did a good job at making sure that when you watched the Cosby Show, you didn't feel like you were watching a black family. You felt like you were watching an American family. And then right. through their story, you were able to understand or view what it felt like to be a black family right that's true in america and not like one of the black families that was going through it all the time dad wasn't there you know the the, the stereotype of what a black family had been because of things like black exploitation films and minstrel shows and stuff like the typical depiction of what black people had been in media at the time mm -hmm. a comedian took his power of critical analysis and humor and was able to use his platform to kind of break that stereotype a little bit yeah and present a new perspective to people where he went as far as there are rumors that he went as far as to hire clinical psychologists to go over the scripts for the first like couple of seasons of the show to make sure there were no uh, negative depictions of black people on his show because he felt like there was enough of that already right. on TV. And once again, this was a comedian who did this, you know. And I often like to think that comedians are the closest things we have, or one of the closest things we have to like philosophers sure. nowadays. Like people who look at the world and critically like or whose job is to look at the world and critically analyze it and a lot of them use humor as a tool to deliver that critical analysis comedy is simply a funny way of being serious peter ustinov it's true i came prepared yo <laughs> dropping the big quotes yeah but the wheelchair it helps bring things into context and i mean yeah. in context here like i said out of all the other art forms classical music ain't hitting like that <laughs> <sighs> yeah i mean it's i i it goes back to art art changes like God, i just immediately thought of like what classical music have i listened to lately and it's probably in certain like remixes and stuff on spotify <laughs> right they, they they pull some stuff from it and... yeah i'm sure stand-up might be weird you know stand-up like is already to to, kind of like, weird yeah when i was at work i used to just put on like music in the kitchen all the time and just sometimes i would just be like you know what i want to like freak out my coworkers. we're gonna put on requiem lacrimosa real quick <laughs> <laughs> god yeah um, Does video game music count as classical, depending on what it is? It's depending. I guess I it mean, depends on the composer, right? Yeah. Like, in the composition. Is classical measured by time or by Ooh, substance? Ooh, good point. 
I don't know, did you actually know that a lot of like PlayStation 1 and Nintendo 64 games, a lot of their music is actually in like crazy time signatures? Oh really? Because the system's like oh. sound requirements. Whoa. Is that why we get like chiptune and shit like that? Yeah, no, do you remember that one song I showed you the with the guitar? And I was like, try to follow so, the beat. I need you to understand that the way you proposed that question to me <laughs> just now. There are tons of songs with guitars <laughs> in them. Like, literally. That one song. Bill, yeah. it's a guitar. <laughs> By Regina Spector. See, that no, one the, game. the one from Final Fantasy VII, where no, it was yes. the, the yes. like, Spanish guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, try to count this beat. And, like, you would get the first two measures, and then you'd be like, wait, shit, I'm off. And I'm like, yeah, this is in 3 4. Oh, I didn't know that. No, it, it wasn't even in 3 4. I think it was in 7 8. Yeah, I was going to say it was something weird. And you said it's because of the, the sound requirements for the system? They had yeah, to do and then my friend Jordan told me that, like, the uh, the boss fight for Ganondorf is in one of the, like, weirdest times. He said it was in, like, 1732. Whoa, okay. 1738. <laughs> <laughs> like, crazy time. It was, like, the, it's... He tried to, like, break it down for me on music, and I was just like, all right, I can't handle this. Yeah, I'm not going to no, try to count this shit. Music theory is so wild. That's a science right there yeah. <laughs> for you. Um, you ever heard of the genre mathcore? Oh, uh, I heard this in um, a, a podcast I was listening to recently, um, and they brought it up. It's the first time I heard it, and it was the last time I heard it. So, Damn. Do you know like, why it's called mathcore? Is it because it's used, it, all it is is you're using like a specific time signature or looking into the mathematics of the music, and they just play the tones that way? Is that what it is? It's because it doesn't add up. Oh, okay. I was very wrong. Uh, <laughs> 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 Crazy bunch of time signatures, and they're like, why is it called mathcore? Because it doesn't add up. <laughs> and there they go. They add humor to this thing they pick. You talk about everything about the weather. <laughs> oh, man. So I think, you know, wrapping up our thought analysis here, I think we're all in agreement that comedy in itself is probably, but like, nothing, no, no other genre that you could think of. Surprising! Like Doc and, and Ziggy say that comedy is the most influential. <laughs> go figure! Well, it's not just Doc and Ziggy, it's Doc, Ziggy, and Briscoe Inferno. <laughs> you know? we right. did, we did have a neutral party here today. That's yes, true. I don't know I, if I would... Uh, he, he, has a sense of, he has a sense of humor, so I don't know if we could call him incredibly neutral. Yeah. We would have to find somebody, as you proposed, who doesn't laugh at me. True. Oh like Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. I was going to say, even Vision laughs at things. Yeah. He, yeah, he's... he's Dr. Manhattan wouldn't even be right? here at the time. No. He wouldn't even be in our when. That, that was my biggest shame thing uh, from last Wanda... Not to bring WandaVision so close to the end of the podcast, but um, the uh, uh, at the, the end credit thing, I was like, why is Dr. Manhattan here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops, that's not right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. You know what comedy's really good at reminding you of? That none of this... None of this? Is normal. You guys be safe. Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates.